Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Welcome to the very first episode of this Mom to Mom podcast. You know, ladies, we know that as moms, your tasks are really great, but your time is probably limited. And we know that because we are right there with you in the trenches. And for that reason, we feel so honored that you would take just a few minutes out of your day just to listen in. And maybe you're doing the dishes right now, or you're having a run around the block, whatever you are doing. As you tune in, please know that you are so welcomed. And we trust and we hope that by the end of our time together, you're gonna feel really encouraged and equipped to mother well today, no matter where you are on the journey. We've got a really great season lined up for you. I hope you tune in each time. But before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and let all of these ladies introduce themselves to you. Um, as I mentioned, we're three generations of moms. We're each about 10 years apart. And our paths to motherhood have all been very unique. And you'll get a sense for that as we share today and in the future. But... Though our methods and maybe even our perspectives are quite different, I hope that you hear that our mission is the same. We really have a heart to draw others, especially our kids, to the gospel. And I hope you hear that as we share today. So ladies, let's introduce ourselves and help our listeners get to know us a little bit better today. Hello there. My name is Kate Battistelli, and I'm married to my husband, Mike. We've been married for 35 years. I have, we have an only child and it's um, our daughter, Francesca. She's a, if you listen to Christian music, you've probably heard her on the radio and Franny has given us four amazing grandchildren, ages eight to one. So even though we didn't have a big family, I kind of feel like I'm getting it secondhand now, which is a lot of fun. Um, I have a book that came out a couple years ago called Growing Great Kids, Partner with God to Cultivate His Purpose in Your Child's Life. And my next book is called The God Dare, and that's coming out in June. And let's see, I love to speak and mentor younger women. I love to write. I have a website that's being completely overhauled. So if you go to it today, it'll be different the next time you see it. But it's just katebattistelli.com. And that's a little bit about me. Hey, I'm September McCarthy, and I have been married to my husband, who we refer to as The Builder. And we've been married 30 years this year. We have 10 children ranging in age from 27 to seven. We have four grandchildren and another one on the way. We also have some foster grandchildren. So our journey is changing every day. And I am basically in every season of life and motherhood that anyone could possibly be in right now. I have written a book specifically on the topic of motherhood called Why Motherhood Matters. And you can find that on Amazon or my website or anywhere really in stores. And my name is Jamie Erickson and I have been married to my college sweetheart for 17 years. And we have five children ranging in ages from 15 down to six. 
My husband and I are caught somewhere in the messy middle years of parenting, and that is why I am so excited to have these two other women join me um, every other week here in this space. I'm going to be leaning in far to the words that Kate and September have to offer because they have mentored me personally and dozens and dozens of, of women. And so I'm going to be asking those tough questions that I'm sure you're thinking of right now, and I know that they are going to bless all of us with such sweet words of truth, and it will feel like a balm to our souls, or at least that's my hope. So I have just a couple of questions that we're going to get to today. Nothing too deep or significant. I just want you to get to know us a little bit more and get to know our personalities. And hopefully, it's my hope that you'll see a little bit of yourselves and a little bit of the season that you're in right now as we share just a little bit more about ourselves. So ladies, I want to know and we're all at different seasons of the journey. But think about the season you're in right now. What have you learned about yourself in these years that you've been a mother? And, and tell us too, how many years have you been a mother? Well, I've been a mother for 33 years. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that I can't do it alone. Mothering is not a spectator sport. And I need help. I knew I needed help when, when our daughter was young, and I still need help today. Now, it does change when your child grows up, and it's true they need you differently, but they still need you, particularly daughters needing their mothers. The other thing I learned with raising Franny is that we didn't do a half bad job. I mean, we did our part in doing our best to model the Christian life without hypocrisy. And now we see our daughter embracing those same values as she raises her four children. So that's very gratifying to see that, that they caught what you taught, that it's been passed down and they're picking it up and taking it into the next generation. That's very encouraging. Do you think that's the season of life that you're in right now, Kate, that you can actually look back and appreciate? Maybe you're able to sift out some of the struggles and really focuses on, focus on the successes now that that Franny is, is an adult. Do you think that's the season you're at? Because I know for me, I, I get weighed down by the every day and the fires that need to be put out today. And I can't look to the good always. Yeah. I think it's just, it, it, you know, when the years go by, you get perspective that you don't have right now because you've still got little ones. You've got a seven-year-old or six-year-old. So it's, it's different when you have that depth of years and you also, you know, she's an adult, she's married, she has her own life. She's not coming to me for every little thing every day. I'm not solving all her problems. She has her husband who's there, who's her, you know, he's the main one. Moms are the main ones until they, till they go off on their own, till they get married. And then you want them to be, to become one with their spouse. So yes, it, it, it does change and it, it will, it'll be different 10, 15 years from now, you'll have a very different perspective. And what about you, September? What have you learned about yourself since becoming a mother? And how many years has that been? So I've been a mom for 27 years. And I think the biggest thing for me that I learned about myself, you know, motherhood is like looking in the mirror every day at yourself. Like the things that you react to, the way that you handle situations, the way that your thought process um, goes in the middle of a crisis or all of those things, motherhood to me was like looking in a mirror and it wasn't always pretty. And so I learned a lot about myself and motherhood, but I think of just a few things right off the top of my head is that I, from the very beginning, tend 
to, I would tend to put myself last. And I think most moms do that. And, um, it was just in the recent years, just recently, I've been a mom 27 years that my oldest son said, mom, you need to, you need to put yourself first, which sounds so selfish, but you know, he meant make sure you take care of yourself. Just you're not last. You're important too. Another thing I learned about myself was that I struggled with control. And so when you're a mom and you think you can control the outcome or your children, um, you know, it's not going to mix well. So I realized very quickly that I cannot raise robots. And so for myself in my control issues, huge letting go. And, you know, that was a theme in my book to um, capture the moments, which is another struggle I had was to slow down. So to capture the moments and release them to the Lord. So capture and release, that was a big thing I learned about myself. Yeah, I would completely echo the control issue. I'm an ENTJ on the Myers-Briggs. And if you know anything about that particular personality, I tend to be the dictator. Um, we make really great cruise ship directors, ENTJs, but that doesn't always transfer well to children. And what that looks like in my home is that I often play the role of the Holy Spirit. I want to um, guide my children and in, in and it almost comes across as strong arming them as opposed to letting praying and letting the Holy Spirit lead them. I feel like I can really fall into um, trying to dictate every single moment of their lives because I do have their best intentions at heart and I want the end result to be so good. But I have to remember that God will use every part of their life, um, even the struggles, even the missteps, every part of their story will be used for his glory. And I have to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work. So I think my biggest struggle that I've faced or that I know about myself, what I've learned is that I, I really have some control issues. And that's an area that motherhood has been refining to me in that area. I've had to release so much of that control. And it's just a part of my sanctification as a grown adult woman. My children teach me that every single day. And with that, what would you say, and we kind of already answered this, but what would you say is your biggest struggle as a mom or your biggest strength? You know, I love that you said that about control, Jamie, because I think we all struggle with that. And, and, and now my daughter's grown, so I'm not dealing with the little ones, but you know, wanting to tell her how to do things, wanting to give direction and unasked for advice. And you know, you just have to stop talking sometimes. You know, I, I'm learning that sometimes it, it, I just have to be quiet. But Oh, you know, that's such a good word, Kate. That I, reminds <laughs> me, like we have to close our mouths long enough that they can hear the still small voice of the yeah. Savior that we want them to hear. But man, I, I can speak louder and longer than is necessary all the yeah, time. We all can. But, you know, I've realized that times have changed and my ways aren't always the best way, even though I might think they are, they're not going to work for everybody. So, you know, not giving my opinion unless, unless she asks me. And I, and, and I find that that works well. And she's doing a fantastic job. So there's, there's not a lot I would go in and change or fix. But, you know, you, you're always going to see the things that you think maybe could use a little help, but you know, it's God will show her. It's not up to me. That's not my job anymore. When they're little, it's a different story. When they're married, 
that's, you know, that's just a whole, you're in a whole nother category. So what, what are you doing right, Kate? What would you say you are doing right or have done right? I think just being available, you know, listening um, without criticizing. Um, And probably my biggest strength would be I am definitely a woman of prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I've seen it too many times to, to, you know, to not believe in it. So I think when you, you know, if there's something you see that concerns you with your children, just bring it to the Lord and pray. And I would rather get his opinion and his direction than just what I think is the best thing to do. God, what do you think? And often it's just be quiet and stay out of it and leave it alone because I've got it under control. So I think handing that control back to the Holy Spirit rather than trying to have, trying to take it myself. And we're going to talk a little bit more in an upcoming episode about just what Kate is saying about speaking words of life into our kids. And she is such a great resource for that. But September, I want to hear from you. What, what do you think is your biggest struggle or strength in mothering? Okay. So I'm going to be really real about this. I'm going to tell you something a little lighthearted and something a little bit more serious. So on a lighter note, one of my biggest struggles as a mom is to be fun. Like I'm not a fun person by general. Like I have to, once I'm relaxed and I'm out of teaching mode and mom mode, I'm more fun and I'm lighthearted. I love to have fun with my friends and my family, but in the motherhood moments, like I'm not a fun person. And I realized that like, you know, I sat down to play this game Candyland with my kids and my daughter who's 12. She's like, mom, do you know how to play this game? And, you know, I've been a mom for 27 years and I just looked at her like, of course I know how to play this game. I taught you to how to play this game, but it was always like, I'm going to teach you. We're going to play the game. We got the game off the list. We had a great time. Okay. Now we're going to do reading. And so my biggest lighthearted struggle is to let my kids see me have fun with them. It's not just like a to-do thing. And maybe you don't have a personality like that, but it's a real thing for me. But honestly, Candyland after 27 years, I don't blame you. Yeah. You can only want to get to King Candyland first so many times. And I just started picking all the red and blue squares as fast as possible. So my grandson could win. That's who I was playing with. I was playing with my grandson. But the fact that my 12 year old was like, do you know how to play this? Made me realize I just need to have more fun with them. So uh, on a more serious note, you know, I struggle as a mom with trying to rush the journey. I already know what my kids need to do. I already know their strengths and weak strengths and weaknesses. And I just want them to figure it out. I want to say it one time. I want to get through the moment. I want to get to the end of the day so we can get to the next day so they can grow up and do well. And it's not that I want them to leave, but I just rush the journey. And so I have to slow down and I, and I have, I've slowed down because I want them to remember the journey. So maybe there's a mom out there who just is always on task mode. And um, I just want to encourage you to allow your children to live their life, to live and to learn and to remember. All right. But I know you're an awesome mom, September. So speak words of life for yourself. What, What have you gotten right? What is your mothering strength? I know you have a million, so pick one. You know, I just, I tend to fall back on the fact that I am a natural teacher. And so, you know, that allowed me to homeschool with a little bit more ease and understanding than other people who actually homeschool and it's a struggle for them. And I just want to say, if you're that person listening, I'm cheering you on because it's hard to do something that's not easy for ourselves, but it's natural for me. So when it comes to parenting, 
um, I feel like it's a gift. Like I can see my children's heart and I can see the underlying character problem to maybe an issue that we're struggling with in our home with any of our children. And I don't just see the surface problem. You know, if they're whining, I know what's causing the whining. It could be discontentment. It could be selfishness. And I go to the heart instead of just trying to say, stop whining. So um, that's a passion of mine because a lot of times we miss that in motherhood, but the, I feel that's a strength, a strength God has given me. And I think that's something we should flesh out further in another episode, because I think that's something that a lot of moms struggle with is seeing past the action and getting to the heart. Um, I think for me, and, and you hit it on the head, September, I am task oriented. And I think it comes back to my personality, that ENTJ, that Enneagram one, I can get so caught up in the finished product that I forget I'm dealing with a person here and real people are imperfect and it's not always going to tie up in a nice, neat little bow. I have to remind myself often, I never want to sacrifice relationships on the altar of a to-do list. And, and that's something that I'm a work in progress at, I'll admit. Um, as far as a strength it seems like an oxymoron when I say that I'm a task-oriented person and then say that I feel like I'm a fun mom, but I do feel like I'm a bit of a fun mom in that I'm a messy mom. Um, I never mind it when my kids drag out the pain or the glitter. I'm usually right there with them. In fact, as a homeschooling mom, I actually penciled in the fact that we're going to learn watercolor this year, not because I think it's this great thing they all need to learn, but because I wanted to learn it. So we all sit down and we do watercolor paints together. And I know that that gives some moms hives and just makes them itch, but I'm the messy mom and I don't mind all the projects. Give them all to me. So um, what did you do in light of that? What did you do as a mom early on? So we're all at different stages. Kate's um, daughter has launched and she actually has um, kids of her own. And September's kind of right there um, in the middle. She's got some that are launched and some that are still in the training years. And I'm definitely in the training years. But I want you to think back, ladies, and tell me, was there something that you did early on, whether it was a conscious decision or not, that you are so grateful for now because you're seeing the fruit of it? First and foremost for me would have to be prayer. I mean, just hours on my knees. I've I've always been a, a woman of prayer and I've seen the fruit of that. You know, and it's just it it's true. What you pray for, if you're praying in God's will, it's gonna come to pass. And the other thing that I would really encourage moms to do is just don't be afraid to dream big for your children. God will show you things. God will show a mother things, little tiny seeds, little tiny inklings about. I think they're supposed to go in this direction and through prayer and through calling out those dreams, it makes a huge difference. And we did that a lot with Franny. And I'll tell you one quick story. When she was about 18, she was, um, she had this little car fender bender where she backed into this woman's car, a lawyer who had just told her, don't back into my car. She did. And of course she was driving home and just feeling so silly that she, you know, had this happen. And, um, as she was crying and just praying and feeling stupid, God, she just felt the Lord download this course into her spirit about dents in her fenders and rips in her jeans. And of course it turned into a song. And the next day she invited her dad and I said, she would always play her new creations for us. So she said, come in and listen to this new song. I think, I think you'll like it. And, um, we listened to it. And I just said, when, when she was done, I said, Franny, I don't know what to tell you, but 
that's a hit song there, right there. That's a number one song. And I mean, this is before she had a record deal, before any of those big things happened. She was still in college. And it was five years later that that song became the first single by a female to be number one in eight years. It was number one for 10 weeks. It got a Grammy nomination. I mean, this little thing that God showed me that that's a hit song, but I spoke it out. I, I, I was, I had enough courage to say what I had been seeing and God would show me things like this over the years, kind of almost like that Joseph dream thing. That's just so big that you, you, you don't even want to tell people because you're just going, this is crazy. This can't be. But yet at the same time, I was willing to just kind of grasp a hold of it and go, okay, God, if this is you, I'm going to pray into it. And you're either going to do it or you're not. And he did. And I've just seen that over and over. So for me, I would say prayer and, and being willing to dream big. And what a great example of what we were just talking about, Kate, how God is going to use every single point on your child's timeline, even the things that to us as moms seem like bad mistakes or hiccups or speed bumps. He's going to redeem and resurrect all of them. And look, your daughter has a hit song out of it. Yeah. September, what about you? You know, I've shared this story before and I'm just always actually encouraged by my own story. It reminds me to keep pressing on, keep persevering. Because when I started having children, I knew what I wanted my children to learn. And one of those things was how to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And I knew that in order to do that, they needed to be in the word and to understand the word of God. How to do that? I had no idea. So I didn't grow up in a home where someone did devotions or I didn't even really even know what that meant. And um, instead of over-spiritualizing devotions in my home, I decided that I was just going to own the responsibility of creating a time when I spent time in the word with my children. And if that meant, you know, babies on the floor crawling around or, you know, feeding a baby or toddlers hanging upside down on the couch with a toy and teenagers listening on, then that's what it has looked like. And that has been what it has been in my home. And so I created our own culture of being in the word together every morning. And it's my favorite time of the day. It's my favorite part of motherhood. And it's something I've done consistently. And I taught myself, I took something that is hard for women. We don't know what it should look like if we've never known this, learned this, seen this. And it was born out of a desire to teach my children who God is. And just like Kate, you know, we, we pray for our children. And so this was my goal to bring my children to the Lord. And so, um, I, I see the fruit of that now, uh, in my adult children and in my adult children who are having children and now even in my younger kids. And now they're owning that and doing that themselves. They're creating devotions to share with the family. And why is that so important to me? It's important to me because when they leave our home, we can't tell them what to do. We want them to want it and desire it. And that was my goal. And I'm seeing the fruit and I'm so, so grateful that God help me persevere in that because there's many times I wanted to give up. And I think so much of that starts by forming a habit, a habit of devotions um, and setting that standard now. So it just becomes like the air that they breathe. They don't even think about it, that they go to God's word first and foremost. 
um, I think some moms tend to struggle with doing that because it can sometimes feel forced, you know, to force everybody to sit down and, and open God's word or with the chaos of the day, it would just be so much easier to skip it. But thank you, September, because you've just reminded us that, you know, as they get older and they do launch out on their own, if they've established that habit of starting every day seeking, digging for those treasures, mining for those treasures in God's word, they'll continue on even after they left your home. And I think that kind of goes along with, um, with something that I did early on. And that was to just dismiss the naysayers in my life who wanted to tell me that, you know, having little kids is fine, having babies is fine, but you're going to really dread the teenage years. Um, I had a lot of people, and I think it's it's um, prevalent in our culture to say that the teenage years are just something that you want to get through, that you have to kind of plod through to get to the other side. But I'm so glad that I didn't listen to those messages, that the teen years would be a drudge. And I think early on, like September, I really poured into my kids' biblical character and a desire to be in God's word and really focused on training their character and reaching their heart so that as they grew and then became teenagers, and I have two right now and I have a couple of tweens. I am definitely seeing the fruit of that. I mean, my teenagers are some of the most awesome people I know. I love hanging out with them and they teach me things. Um, They're just such interesting people. And I'm so glad I did not listen to those negative voices and let that define who my kids would become. I had such a heart to pour into them early on. And man, I'm seeing the fruit of it because they're just awesome. I agree with you, Jamie. I just want to throw this in because we, when we raised Franny, when she was a teenager, I just didn't buy into that. I just said, no. I mean, I know rebellion is a thing. That's what I did, but I don't believe that's going to be her future. That's not God's best for her. So it, it just never was an issue for her. Now, maybe because she was an only child, but it just was never an issue. I think we can get caught up in like forecasting doom on our kids. And if if we go into those years, assuming that they're going to be a drudge and a sludge, they probably will be. But if we look for great things and we, and we anticipate wonderful years and we start when they're young and we train them to have good character and to be kind and to be servants and to be a blessing and not a burden, why do we suddenly assume that that's going to get cut off by the time they turn 13? It's not. It's going to carry over and they're going to be all the more kind and caring and compassionate as they have more life experience. All right, we're almost out of time, but I just want you to share really quick, ladies. I know that there's lots of mothering podcasts out there. I listen to a few and I'm so encouraged by them. But why should folks listen into this podcast? What do you think that listeners should expect to hear from us? I think we have a unique, just a unique perspective. There's years of experience here. Between the three of us, we've got 16 children. I mean, that that's a lot of mothering experience. I mean, I have less than you girls, but still, it's, you know, you're, you're kind of getting every season of motherhood right here. We, we can share with you the mistakes to avoid the perspective that comes with age. So I think those are my biggest things. 
Right. I agree with that, Kate. And, you know, I'm always looking for women and mothers to learn from myself. And so this podcast is a learning and growing experience, even for the three of us. But when I listen to a podcast, I really want to know that the people I'm listening to are like the real deal, living the real life, making the mistakes and willing to admit it. And you're going to find that here. I think, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that motherhood is hard and sticking with it is hard, but it's worth it. And I make mistakes every day. And I want you to know that when you listen to us, we're not going to pretend that we have it all together. So I'm excited you're here. Kind of just to reiterate what Kate was saying, you know, we come from, we're not just in different seasons. Our path to motherhood has been so different. And you're going to hear as you listen in that some of our paths started with um, a lot of pain and, um, Kate sometimes says, I only have one, but you know what? There are moms out there who only have one. And that is a completely different ballgame than September's 10. But it's so needed in this space because if you only have one, you need to hear what it was like only having one. So I think that, that these women offer such a unique perspective, not just because of the season of life that they're in, but just all the different points along their journey, I think will really add to the conversation. I'm also really excited about the fact that I know these women and I know that we don't agree on everything. We're all three women who love Jesus and want to point, point our children to Jesus, but we don't always... Um, we don't always take the same path to get there. And I hope that you as a listener will be able to hear in us that although we don't always agree, we can be unified in the gospel because our mission and our goal for raising our children is the same. And, and I think that's a needed thing in the conversation of the community these days. So I hope that you hear that from us. Before we close out today, I have a special lightning round edition, ladies. I hope you're ready. I'm going to shoot out questions rapid fire, and I want you to tell me the very first thing that comes to your brain. Don't overthink it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee, bulletproof with heavy cream, butter, and salt. I am an iced coffee girl with lots of extra ice. And I will take a bunch of creamer with just a splash of coffee, please. All right. Night owl or early bird? Night owl. I'm a night owl too. See, I'm always the exception here, ladies. I'm definitely an early bird, but my husband is a night owl. So to save our marriage, I kind of have to swing both ways. Um, if you had a bonus hour to spend, however you want to spend it, what would you do? I would probably read something that's been on my night table forever that I haven't gotten to. Yeah, I would take a 15-minute lavender bubble bath. Then I would spend 30 minutes walking. Oh, wait, let's switch that. I think I would walk first, then take the bubble bath, then read. We must be more like-minded than I thought, because that's my answer, too. I would definitely take a, a bath, and there would definitely be a book involved. Mm -hmm. All right, ladies, I want to know lately, you can't stop talking about what? This podcast. I'm excited about it. And I think it's going to bless a lot of women, a lot of moms. So this is what I'm talking about. I am talking about the podcast too, because I am super excited about it, but I'm also talking about food a lot lately, like basil pesto and all those things that I really love. And I'm not sure why I'm doing that. Um, that might not be a good sign, but that's what I'm talking about. 
And my answer is always the same at any given moment. I'm always talking about the current book I'm reading. And right now it happens to be a Wendell Berry novel that I'm not really in love with, but whatever I happen to be reading, that's what you're going to hear from me. What is your instant reset button on a rough day? Oh, for me, probably a, just a good long walk, getting out into the sun. Right. I, I echo Kate. I need to, I need to move my legs, get some fresh air and think. And I think for me, it's reading aloud to my kids. I have always loved reading aloud. I find myself doing it even if it's just me. So setting all my kids down and reading a book together as a way of recalibrating my attitude quickly. All right. One last one. What is the phrase that you find yourself saying most often to your children or Kate, to your grandkids? To the grandkids, I, I'm not sure, but um, with my daughter, because she's grown and she's busy and she has a career and four kids, typically I'm saying, is now a good time to talk? Mm, that's perfect. I'm saying that too, because I have adult children, but then I'm also saying, can't means won't. I'm saying that to my little, my little kids, my middle kids. And another thing I'm saying a lot is, please stop talking which sounds so harsh, but I have to say that because that's a lot of people talking at once. <laughs> just like, please stop talking. And everyone is so shocked. September, why are you saying that? I say, just come over for a day. Just come over. I can't even imagine. And you're an introvert, September, right? So that's got to, yeah. all those words have to be a lot for you. Well, I find myself saying two things. One, um, we kind of have a house phrase, my husband and I, whenever we um, say goodbye to our kids or they're leaving us for any reason. We always say, remember whom you serve. We want them to always be mindful of who they represent, not just us and our home, but the Lord. But lately, and this gives you a peek into my home, lately I've been saying a lot, speak in love or don't speak. There you have it, ladies. That's us in a 30-minute nutshell. Thank you so much for sharing just a moment of your busy week with us. We don't take this privilege lightly. We'll be back in two weeks, and we'll be chatting about biblical mentorship. What is it, and why is it so needed in our current culture? I hope you'll join us.